Welcome to Campfire Chronicles, Episode 5. It is September 3rd, 2015, and it is 9.05 p.m. I am Robbie Huang, and in Ohio we have... Andrew Lin. Brian Lin. And in California we have... Thomas. And um, so we are the Adventure Archives crew, and we have a Patreon. <laughs> in case we you would love it if <laughs> We would love it if you would donate some money and get to see stuff early... Get some postcards. In fact, Andrew, you just made some postcards, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I made a nice-looking postcard that looks like an indie game or something. <laughs> <laughs> you get some soundtracks. You get all sorts of cool stuff. And then also, you know where you should go? You should go to the Devil's Bench Patreon. And that would be accessed by going to devilsbench.com forward slash support. And now, why would I be mentioning Devil's Bench? Because the Devil's Bench is a place where you can feel at home if you are into nerd culture. Let me tell you something about the Devil's Bench. It actually has nothing to do with Satan. Let's just start out by saying that, okay? It has nothing to do with benches either. They only have chairs. (laughs) There isn't a single... You know what? I just realized there isn't a single bench in the Devil's Bench. No, there isn't. Well, we need to rectify that situation. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so who are you guys? Who are we talking to here? Go ahead there, Mr. Safety Ninja. Um, I am the Safety Ninja. Uh, there's not really any funny backstory to that. It's just a stupid name I use on the internet. And uh, I am the attractive, charming, handsome co-host, smart, and uh, genius member of the Benchcast, which is our podcast that uh, we met you guys through. Well, I met you guys through. And I'm, uh, I'm Prol. You can call me Prol, you can call me Bill, whatever you want. I am the secondary host slash producer slash techie kind of guy for the Benchcast. The Benchcast is a podcast run out of Brantford, Ontario, Canada. That's right, all the way up north. <laughs> and uh, we're basically like a a nerd roundtable with a little bit of philosophy and life talk. I guess there's no better way to say it, right? It's just life talk. Yeah, it's. I love it though. It's. Like, that is what I would do all day if I could, is just talk to you guys. Hey, the love is mutual, brother. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I've been, the funny thing is, is the last couple weeks that we've been uh, recording, I'll find, because we record every Tuesday from the store, and I find myself about Thursday, like, thinking about something cool or something cool happened, and I'll be like, damn! It didn't happen to me early enough in the week to put it on the show, and I'm going to (laughs) forget about it by Thursday. We need to go back to twice a week, Bill. Yeah, we'll I just agree. record with you guys every Thursday night. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, a little bit of backstory, I guess. Uh, Andrew, why don't you tell the audience about how we know the Devil's Bench? What happened? Yeah, like, in case you guys are wondering who the hell these people are, they are. Um, <laughs> a while back when we like first started Adventure Archives, uh, they contacted us about the show and wanted to interview us on their podcast. And I guess they just uh, stumbled on us on Reddit. Is that right? I believe Bill was I stalking his... you for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Before... I, I stumbled upon a link. It would have either been on homesteading or like outdoors or camping or hiking or something like that. Some subreddit. <laughs> and uh, instantly fell in love with the production quality. And that's, that's what hooked me into the show. 
was that I wasn't just watching another like Joe survivalist show. <laughs> oh, Billy Bushcrafter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's totally gonna be my name from now on. <laughs> Bill Bushcrafter. When we have our crossover episode, that's what we'll call you. B- Billy Bushcrafter. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Bushcrafter, see? <laughs> but you guys really knocked it out of the park with the production quality. So I reached out just to see if uh first of all, it should be noted that I watched like all the episodes in a row, just like pringled your entire series. <laughs> Awesome. And, uh, I like that term. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just what it's happened. A Canadian and thing. Reached yeah. out and you guys were kind enough to come on the show. Yeah. No, and, we were um, like ecstatic that anyone was interested in the in the show. Hey, we're we're a big deal in Canada. That's it's you know you should feel very uh, accomplished by being on the Benchcast. Probably one of our what was that like our first fifteen episodes? Oh yeah. man, we sucked back then too. <laughs> Well, it's no, funny you I said mean, that because I was just thinking about how much our episodes sucked back then. <laughs> oh, isn't it? Isn't it so embarrassing to watch? Like when you do creative things and you finally get to that point where you're like, you know what? I'm gonna show this to people who aren't either just my close knit friends or family members, and you put it out on the internet, and because you know that once you get to that point where you're like, upload, and you're like, yeah, this is gonna represent who I am. This is gonna be good. And then about maybe a couple months later, you go back and watch it, and you're like. What was I thinking? Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's so true. It's like watching home videos of yourself from when you were like twelve, and you're like, "Oh my god, I want to kill myself." What was I doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, but For- you guys are joking around. But you actually are kind of a big deal in Canada because you opened a gaming cafe in Brantford, correct? That's right. It's uh, basically a a cafe with a twist, like it's. We originally tried to call it a board game cafe, but that's not really accurate. So what we're trying to do is basically to envelop every different facet of nerd culture into one building. So that includes everything from video gaming, tabletop RPGs, war gaming, board games, comics, like absolutely everything into one store. And it's kind of working so far. That's really great. Like, I'm like super happy for you guys. And, um... Well, actually, you know, before we get into all that stuff, I guess I should say, do we have questions for each other? Like, do is there anything we want to get off our chest and be like, oh, man, uh, what's what's it like doing this? Or what, what's your favorite color? <laughs> I don't know. What. Okay, I'll go first. A question open to uh, any or all of the Adventure Archives guys. And I think I asked this when you guys came on to the Benchcast, but... Your answer might have changed since then. Have you experienced anything out in the wild that left you genuinely scared? Man, oh, man. No, it turns out they're all manly men, and they've never been scared <laughs> in the wilderness. <laughs> no, I think... It's all done on a green screen. <laughs> I do have an answer, actually. Uh, Incredible after effects. I might have said last time, but I was hiking solo one time in the Smokies, and I like was just going up this really steep hill and kind of exhausted. And then I saw this, like, black blur just appear on the trail. And at first I thought it was just another hiker, but then I saw it, like, scurry off, and I realized it was, like, a black bear just, like, maybe 20 or 30 feet from in front of me. So I kind of got freaked out then. Um, but other than that, I can't really think of much. I mean, I get really scared at night pretty easily <laughs> about, like, supernatural, <laughs> yeah, I, irrational I've stuff. I've just been, like, <laughs> super lucky. Like, I can't think of anything that has been legitimately scary. Like, the scariest thing I can think of is, like, when we talk about the Jersey Devil at night. <laughs> Why would you like, talk about that real. at night? Well, exactly. <laughs> but, like, that's the only thing I, that comes to mind that has ever, like, 
legitimately scared me, but that's not anything real. So the, all of the a Jersey, sudden, all the, Jersey all Devils the goosebumps oh. I read as a kid would come up. I know who has a good answer. Thomas, you got a great answer for this. I do have an answer. Oh, yeah. Um, so I made the move out to California about a year ago, and I was hiking, and uh, I was about to hit a new trailhead. It was a really cool place. It was like this. It was near this abandoned oil rigger. And then, as I'm hiking, I look down, and I see a rattlesnake. And that's the first time I've seen a rattlesnake. Ooh. So I kind of got a little freaked out, but luckily I was only about ten feet away. Uh, fast forward to this spring, I'm hiking, and I look down. Well, I don't even look down. I hear a rustling in the bushes. It sounds big, like a a deer or something. <laughs> so I go over there to investigate. The rustling stops, and the next thing I know, I hear this loud rattle at my foot and i run screaming away like a little girl no kidding that's when things get real eh? that's when you understand exactly how feeble a human being is (laughs) incredibly feeble (laughs) i was i was listening to a podcast today one of my favorite other podcasts is uh a fighter and the kid and they were describing about uh one time brian callen one of the hosts got in a fight and uh he got he got his bell rung. He didn't get knocked out, but he got a concussion. And then he said that, uh, you know, it really makes you, when you get concussion or you get knocked out or something like that, it, it, you tend to get very emotional because it makes you realize how fragile your body is, you know, and how, like, just a, you were very close to death. You know what I mean? You were one step more than that. And that's very funny that about 25 minutes ago, I was listening to him describe that and then hear you say, Bill, about how, uh, you know, how that makes you feel so very fragile as a human. You know, sometimes I wonder if, like, you have to stare death into the eyes once in a while to, like, realize what life is and to stop, like, sitting on the bed, scrolling on my Facebook newsfeed. (laughs) 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 No, it's so true, man. Like, sometimes I wish that I could just be put in a life-or-death situation every day so I realize (laughs) how everything that I'm afraid of every day means nothing. Like yeah. it literally means nothing. Like I'm afraid to go talk to somebody. I'm like, oh my god, is that what you're afraid of? Do you realize that there's a billion other things that are worth being afraid of? <laughs> there, well, there, you know, that kind of started us on getting our things going. Like Bill and I had a philosophy that basically boils down to: one day the sun is going to explode. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you guys do. Doesn't matter what we do. We could make the interim as we could live for 2000 years and make every accomplish everything on our list and at the end of the day someone is going to pick up the cosmic etch sketch and shake the hell out of it so it's like the uh ozymandias poem you know exactly like that ozymandias poem it's like the best poem by him i've ever read i have no idea who he is yeah I'll, pr- I'll pretend i know what you're talking about <laughs> i was just about to say too i don't know it either why don't you tell it to us andrew okay uh let me pull it up then <laughs> If it's recitable, I don't <laughs> they, know. <laughs> they used it in a Breaking Bad promo, too. Well, that's cool. So, like, when you guys were wanting to start... So, which came first? Was it the idea for the podcast, or was the the gaming cafe and the podcast all at once, and you just did the gaming cafe later? The, uh, the podcast alongside any other initiative we've had online, including sharing, like short stories and let's plays and stuff like that that came first but i should i should caveat that and say that first we were a gaming clan we've been a clan for 10 years and uh after that then we started to use the name to share all of our creative works and then after that it seems like it's been this progression and 
the other, I guess, catchphrase we use behind the closed doors is in order to get happy, to find fulfillment outside of the norm, outside of that cookie cutter. And I think the best way to do that is to chase whimsy. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, that Kevin Smith um, speech that he does about chasing whimsy and about you know trying to actually chase happiness and chase fulfillment. But that's exactly what we're trying to do. You have to go and get it. That is a really, really good attitude. I feel like I've heard you guys talk about that on your podcast before. So that's actually really similar to what we've kind of done is that we had the idea for Adventure Archives for a long time, but we just were like, I don't know, you could come up with so many excuses about why you shouldn't do something. Oh, yeah. And like, it, and it's at some point you just have to say, I'm just going to go ahead and go do it. Well, it's funny so, because like when when we first started it, I had been wanting to do it like the whole summer before I started graduate school because I was like, this is like my last summer where I won't be busy, which is ended up not being true because I'm a bad grad student. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but once graduate school started, I was like, Yo, it's like September and we haven't done anything. Let's just do it right now. Like, let's just go. This is stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that was funny. I remember that specifically. But um, so when you guys opened up the gaming cafe, what finally pushed you over the edge and said, you know what, forget it. I don't care if we lose all our money or like whatever happens to it. I'm just going to go for it. I would say overall that that moment came from realizing and personalizing that we had been caught in a lie. Uh, that lie, I can best explain it like this. You go through elementary school and they tell you all you got to do is get good grades and you'll go to high school and you'll, you'll understand high school because you got good grades here. Then you get to high school and the whole point of it is to get good grades to go to university or college. And the whole point of going to university or college is to check things off of your list, a career, a wife, a house, a kid, a car, all those different things. Well, unanimously... We all got to the other end of that, and there was nothing. This is it was verbatim, like yeah. exactly what Alan Watts, the philosopher, said. Dude, I love you guys so much. Like you guys are like our internet soul brothers. Seriously, dude. It, like it. First of all, it's the scariest. Okay, so it's that coupled with this um, kind of. I hesitate to call it an existential crisis, but that's the best way that I can explain it. It's like, I understood personally, I am going to die one day. At the same time, I understood that I had not achieved these things mm. that I was being told I would achieve. So it's like, the timer's running out, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you how know, old are you, Bill? 29. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's but. But it's the truth, right? Once once you personalize, it's a really, really uncomfortable thing to uh, to personalize your own mortality. It's really uncomfortable. But once you do it, it's so empowering. You gain the superpower of knowledge. For sure. You, you know, know what? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I, it, I remember when, because you and I both kind of came to that realization at the same time. And I think that's what kind of got our our whole vibe going for the podcast is is because it usually I'd be coming to your house for something or you or something you'd show up on your bike at my house and then it's like all right see you later oh by the way let's go into a 45 minute tirade about how the world is crazy and then we both were getting into podcasts and that's when we decided to have it so I remember vividly having that kind of paradigm shift where it was like holy frig man like one day I just will go to sleep and not wake up and I had a mini one of those today when I was going upstairs to grab a snack before we started doing this. It's, 
it wasn't even 8.30, and it was pitch black outside. And then I'm looking outside, and the leaves are kind of starting to fall down. And I'm like, God damn it, man. Like, summer is over, and it's going to be another long-ass Canadian winter. And there's, there's so much stuff I wanted to do this summer that I haven't even done yet. And then all of a sudden, I just kind of extrapolated that. I expanded that to be like, oh, my God, I never want to feel that way about my life. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Every, every summer I so think sure. that, and then I never learn. <laughs> but at least yeah, we're doing I, something. I, yeah. <laughs> then Fallout 4 comes out, and all of a sudden it's the next year. Oh, yeah. That's, that'll get us through this winter. I don't care. I don't care how much it snows. Well, dude, I, I love that, man. I love that you guys just went out and did what you want to do. Because I think a lot of times in our society is what happens is we think that we have to be producing some result from what we're doing. So, like, the the act of doing it is not enough. Like we feel like we have to have some monetary result or like some acknowledgement from other people that what we're doing is right. But a lot of times, man, it's just doing it because you love it will give the most good to yourself and other people. Okay. This, this brings me back to the poem. If, if you guys want me to recite it really, yeah, lay it down, brother. (laughs) I met a traveler from an antique land who said two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them on the sand half-sunk a shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor well those passions read, which yet survive stamped on those lifeless things, the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal these words appear. My name is Ozymandias, king of kings. Look on my works, ye mighty, and despair. Nothing beside remains round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. So basically, like, this mighty king who had all this stuff, and thousands of years later, there's nothing. <laughs> the point, I think, being, well, A, it's like, just just do it for the fact that you're doing it, and don't try to, like, do it to build yourself up, I guess, or to, like, reach some goal or result. I think I think one of the reasons that people, and I'll use the broad term people, are starting to come to those realizations that you guys have and we have sooner um, for example, how many people in just your parents' generation or even go back one more to your grandparents' generation retired with the company they started working at at a high school after 60-plus years? That yeah, was yeah. the norm. Yeah, just out of all of us, what's the longest you've ever spent at a job? You know what I mean? Like we expect, <laughs> A year and a half. <laughs> yeah, like we expect things to come faster. We expect different things out of our lives. We we dedicate our lives to different things. And I think why that something that kind of compounds the problem of having to have that little token left over from everything we do, like everybody gets a trophy day or you got to get that, that little trinket to go with, like the achievement unlocked idea is because <laughs> oh, of technology. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I mean, man, I posted this really wise Facebook status yesterday <laughs> and I, I only got four likes. So was it funny? You know, we... We measure our worth in these virtual, artificial means of measurement. Like, how many Instagram followers do I have? You know, how many messages did I get on Ashley Madison last week? How many YouTube subscribers do we have? Yeah, Yeah, and you guys are crushing us in that. So (laughs) (laughs) it makes me feel so worthless compared to you. No, it's like I... 
I hate thinking about that stuff because it like totally distracts me from what I'm doing it for in the first place. Yeah, man. Because I love making videos and I love like seeing the product, and it's great when people like it. But when you start focusing on the numbers, you're just like, what am I even doing? Like this is so far beyond where I started. It's hard not to get sucked into that, though. Yeah, it's true. I mean, even even I'm like that. I'm like, dude, we got 50 listens on our last podcast episode. <laughs> That's badass, man. And it's like, that doesn't matter, though. You know, uh, something to drive home the point here. We received, uh, and by we, I mean uh, uh, Wyatt and I received an email from one of our oh, listeners yeah. this week. Uh, the guy is in the hospital and paralyzed. And uh, he apparently listened to the podcast um, when we did an episode where at the very end, like in the last eight minutes or so, we were like, hey, we're going to be working on this project. And I don't know when it's going to be, but this it's just basically like an idea. We want to explore the relationship between mental illness or your susceptibility to mental illness and nerd culture. Because it's kind of my belief that if you're involved in nerd culture, you're at least more susceptible. This is kind of the way I look at it. If you're super into Harley Davidson, that's your deal. You ride a Harley, you got all the Harley shirts, and you're all about it. What if every time you brought that up with somebody, they told you, that's for kids. You're wasting your time. That's a worthless activity. Oh my God, yes. And it seems to me that if you hear enough of that... It's, it's almost like that self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You might actually start to think that way. So anyways, we, we said, you know what? We're going to get a couple like psychologists and counselors on, and we're going to make like a two-hour special exploring the relationship between mental illness and nerd culture. And it was like an explosion of support. And we were like, you know what? Fuck Patreon. Fuck the cash register. All of that. Like, we know that this stuff is affecting people. And that feels so good because you just, you know you're giving back, right? It just feels so good. That's what it's about. That is, wow, that's a really good story. Wait, uh, so have you done man, that already? No, we haven't. It's, oh. We're in planning the, stages. When I told this guy, I emailed the guy back and I was like, you have to understand, you have, oh, you guys would understand this metaphor. I, I told him, you have just, blown air onto the embers of this idea you're nurturing i said that i can show you the text i said i'm not making it up for the adventure archives podcast oh, that's awesome okay well before we go from this topic because i want to follow up on that in just a second but i want to hear thomas so thomas just graduated uh did you graduate this year or last year uh i graduated 2014 a okay, early, so though. you graduated from college in 2014, and you yeah. got a job, and you're living in L.A. As yeah. a newly graduated person working for a large corporation, what is like? What's your thoughts on that? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just genuinely as a, curious. As a total like, white collar sellout. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I wish you know, I, I was getting paid like Thomas is. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I look at it multiple ways because uh, I work I work in television, and television is weird because you have it's it's a constant battle between creatives and then bureaucrats. Where TV lies is when those two come and they meet in the middle, because pure creatives are really important. They you know they are the they are the ones who just build everything from nothing, but the bureaucrats are the ones who make sure that they're able to do that and to maintain that for as long as they're 
possibly able to. So you, you, I mean, you can have a creative without a bureaucrat, and you can have a bureaucrat without a creative. But I think those two, when they mix, you know, it has this good equilibrium that really kind of ensures, you know, the business of being a creative. So you lie more on like the bureaucratic side, right? Yes, yes, I I, I do a lot of that. Well, especially since you're you do creative videos on the side for the YouTube channel, what's like your thoughts on um like do you think that it should be that way? Like, how do you th- think about just the fact that YouTube anybody can post whatever they want? I love YouTube. Uh, YouTube is honestly one of the fields I'm most interested in, and I think it has the most potential of. I don't want to say all mediums, but many, many mediums out there. I like YouTube different than the other guys do because now, you know, now that we have subscribers and viewers, I'm able to see, you know, who's watching and looking for trends to improve that. So while, you know, they are the creative ones, they make everything happen. I take a look at the feedback, see where viewers are watching, and I like to be creative in my own way and say, well, maybe, you know, we had less retention during this part of the video, so maybe we should emphasize this scene more or that scene more. And to me, that's creative. And for someone to say that isn't creative, you know, that's kind of... I take No, I think it totally some, is. I think that's yeah, pretty no, cool. I take some so, offense to that. So you're there not, are some. So you actually seem to have found a job that you're actually, like, satisfied with and you feel oh, like I you get it. some creative output and you don't feel like you're just a cog in a machine. No, no, I love Destined it. Destined uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically It's basically what I'm doing for the YouTube channel, but just at a network. You know, and... it's, it's funny because I, I always go back and forth on like, I, I mean, a lot of me thinks a system where profit is the, the end game. I feel like that's like the antithesis to creating art. But at the same time, I also wonder like, is there some benefit to doing like this market research and stuff? Because like... I don't know. I'm one of those, like, I used to be a fine arts major and I, I get the value of like modern art and avant-garde stuff. But at the same time, a lot of it makes me like, I'm just like, what? And so I wonder <laughs> no, if there's I mean, like... Just like, I wish we could all create in a vacuum. You know what I mean? Like yeah. food and shelter are taken care of and your resources are unlimited. Go make whatever you want to make. Spend as much time as you want to make. That's like the ideal, right? I think, yeah, yeah. I think maybe that's the crossover point though. And that's that's where a guy like Thomas maybe shines above and beyond the people who, I mean, let's be brutally honest here, might not be willing to do the work involved to be creative for a living. You know, and I think there's something to be said about, like, you can work really hard to be creative for a living, but you got to work really hard. Right. I think there's um, one thing I've been finding, too, and I'll tie it all back to one source, is Twitch streaming. And Twitch Twitch is one of those things where it really seems like you can catch lightning in a bottle. I know it's not the, the exact idea of creative because it's sort of like the framework's already there and you're, you're playing video games, but your personality shows out. You might create a persona. But I've seen and heard and read so many people say that, ah, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to quit my job and really focus on my Twitch streaming. You know, and I'm going to do that for a living. Giving up, you know, the your everybody would love to be able to do their creativity as a job, like Bill and I the same. If you and I could do the podcast and quit our day jobs, like, is there a more idyllic situation to be able to do the things we love to do, but also still have a house with lights and heat in it? And I find that sometimes that uh, there's some people who are 
go too far the one way where it's like I'm just going to create, but I'm going to stop doing all the other stuff. And if you don't catch lightning in your bottle, you could be left with just your bottle. And that well, can be very dangerous. That's a that's a question I want to ask you guys. Is like, how much of it is you think us just limiting ourselves? Like we already talk ourselves out of doing it before we've actually even done it. Oh, so like, like for sure. Yeah, because like maybe you can make money off the podcast, but we're just never like willing to just jump all the way in. Like maybe if we just quit our jobs, did nothing but the YouTube channel, we could make that a success. But we just don't give it that level of commitment and we're just afraid to do it or is it just we are correct in our thinking that it's not realistic to do it and we are doing the right thing well i think i think you have to find that fine balance in between because it's like to use bill's term like to be brutally honest the world is the world doesn't necessarily care about you more than somebody else so there are everybody has a podcast out there there's a million plus people using Twitch. There's even there's 20 times that with YouTube channels. So if you're putting out good videos that you feel great about and are proud of, when you step out of that idea of, you know, I want to be proud of my art to other people need to appreciate this and then outside of that to other people need to appreciate this and pay me a living off of it, it's yeah. it's dangerous because Nobody owes you anything, so you might have, um, okay, to pick on to pick on modern art because sometimes I don't understand it either. Have you guys seen the video of the butter dance? Oh, don't do it. No. <laughs> okay, so homework homework is to watch. Just Google Adele butter dance. Oh, you're gonna get these guys firebombed. Oh, but but the thing is, is that. If that's someone who clearly from the video takes their art very seriously, and that's great, but if she was doing that performance and taking it across the country to make a living off of it, she soon wouldn't be able to afford oh, any more butter for her prop. You know what, though? It's, about, on, it's that equilibrium. It's that equilibrium between being a creative and trying to be smart about being a creative. Exactly. You've got to find that balance in between. You know, here's, here's the thing is like, yeah, I don't, the butter dance thing is like, why would anyone care about that? But at the same time, I think that the system we live in right now does like does just as much as a system where anyone can do whatever butter dance they want to do. Like, I, th I think both of them will create as much good and bad art, but one of them you're like less restrained. Like, so I mean, on one hand, with the system we're in now, you take in consideration what consumers want to see, and in a way yeah. that can produce better art. But at the same time, it also produces like NCIS, <laughs> and like all oh, the worst show on television. <laughs> yeah, and like oh all this God. other crap that like nobody, nobody should like, but everybody does for some reason. And like, like and I mean, think about like all these. Man is funny. <laughs> think about all these huge like musicians, and like a lot of them are great, but a lot of them is just like not that great. And there's so many local bands that are much better, but get zero I attention. Just, you know. I just want to take a time to say I don't represent the views of Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, like, so true, man. It's, like, I don't know what to think about it because so many, like, my favorite band in the world, like, literally in the world, I just, like, it's like they pulled it out of my brain. They're called the Lydian Collective. They're based out of the UK. They have, like, a 500 likes on Facebook, and they don't even have a physical album or, like, a digital album to buy. But their music speaks to me, but nobody knows who they are. Nobody listens to their music. But I want them to be amazing i want them to be like I, I just want to like shout it from the rooftops well dude but how come some people 
will like be super popular, like Nickelback or, you know, just <laughs> pick on Nickelback again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, go no further though than the way that I found adventure archives. I mean, I, I watch hours of outdoors videos that's a weird thing to say, outdoors videos, but I think that's what you call it. I watch hours of that footage in the wintertime especially because the winter up here lasts like six or seven months. And it's like you can want to go outside all you want, but if it's like negative 35, have fun, Skip. Yeah. But when I found Adventure Archives, it scratched that itch. And the internet provides for us the platform that has never existed. So that band sure, that only has yeah. 500 likes... You know, who cares what's on the radio? That's what you like to. That's what you like to take in, right? Yeah. Well, no, I totally. guess it's like. I mean, it's great for me, but for just, for me, I it's want like. Them to, sorry. Go no, ahead. yeah, I, I think we were gonna say a similar thing, but it's like, like for me, it's not even about. Well, it is about getting their music exposed to other people, but it's also like I just want them to be able to like feed themselves too, like doing what they love because they're so good totally. at doing it. So, like, totally, man. We just need like the basic needs met, you know. I'm no one. I don't think any of us are like hoping that we'll become rich and famous or anything, but we just want to be able to like subsist. Bill and I have talked about that on the uh, podcast before, and I, I brought up that point that I said earlier about how you just by deciding that you're going to start a channel or you're going to, I'll use the term just broadly, produce this art, um, that you are going to be able to earn a living off of it, and that's something we had to decide too. It's like. Are we going to do this podcast um, all the time and we have the potential to have sponsors on it? Because every podcast you listen to mentioned is, has ads about Dollar Shave Club or Stamps.com and stuff like that. <laughs> Nature so, Box. Yeah, and it's like, so, and we talked about this in our early episodes. If Domino's Pizza said, hey guys, we'll give you $1,000 an episode to shout out Domino's Pizza. That, well, that'd be great. Why wouldn't we do that? But <laughs> if... Let's say let's say there was like mom and pop pizza shop next to us says we'll give you a hundred bucks an episode um, to do that. We'd obviously want to go for something we do like. Oh, yeah. but then we had the question too: if we love doing the podcast as it is, do we need to make money off of it? Yeah. So we yeah. kind of we found that equilibrium because the Patreon allows us to fund things within the store, or even for us to go to places to do on the podcast that we couldn't do right now out of Bill's pocket and Alex's pocket. So people who listen to our stuff who wish to donate or wish to sponsor allow us to go further, but we're not getting rich off of anything. The other part of the equation, though, and I think this is what, like, when you're talking about, you know, uh, Joe Anybody's YouTube channel, <laughs> there's an equation on the Internet, and that's good quality and yeah. good content. And if you don't have both of them, it sucks because you can have – the, the greatest ideas on the planet. But if you have a, a crappy microphone, you're not going to get... I'm going to get off of that video in the first 30 seconds. And similarly, <laughs> if you're just spouting off a bunch of nonsense, but you have awesome equipment, it's the same thing. you you got to meet that equation on the internet. I actually want to go back to the money thing a bit. I think we also kind of have a tendency to undervalue... Um, creative work i mean that's like really easy for me to say as somebody who likes to make creative work like of course <laughs> oh, I i'm with say you that. <laughs> but it's like why why wouldn't we pay for something that we really value like if if you have something if somebody makes something and it really adds value to your life like um i watch casey neistat's videos i don't know if you guys have heard of him but yeah. he's a youtuber really big youtuber i love his videos 
I would be more than glad to pay for them because they are that entertaining to me. Yeah, I agree. But for some reason, if it's not a physical object, people don't feel like they need to pay for it. Like when we started the Patreon, we got pretty much mostly positive response. We got a few responses like people were just like, how dare you ask for money? And it's like, you know, I understand where you're coming from because we've been taught to think that all media is free. But there is lots of work that's put in behind it, and it's it's not that we want money to be rich. It's just like a representation of value. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Well, it- at, at, hold on. Adventure Archives, guys, you need to understand something right now. Haters, <laughs> haters wake up every single day hating. That's what they do. On the other <laughs> side of the spectrum, you need to understand, okay? When you guys put a video out, my whole house shuts down. <laughs> like, like, we assemble snacks. We get everybody yeah, down into awesome. the basement. The lights go down. I get my. I'm like, son, listen. This is how you treat the outdoors. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, okay. On the other side of the spectrum, and that's a, and that's that's what keeps things like you know our projects combined. That's what keeps us going because those haters. I mean, pff, every single day they wake up hating. You know, I so true. I got so a couple true. thoughts. The first one is um. Going back to, like, value and stuff, it's funny how narrow our definition of, like, what a productive person is. Because, like, some dude, like, filling out spreadsheets, sorry, Thomas, can, like, be considered <laughs> dude, a productive person. spreadsheets. <laughs> like, they're, like, someone just doing some sort of, like, office job can be considered really productive in society, right? Or, like, even some, like, oil worker who's, like, destroying farmland or whatever. <laughs> and it's yeah. funny that that's considered productive, but, like creating art that doesn't hurt anything and even like maybe helps people in some really small way like that's not considered productive somehow um my other thought is maybe we need to like like i've always thought about how cool it'd be to have some sort of like creative collective or some sort of like group where just you get a bunch of people together who are doing like all these little creative projects and just use that to like sort of build each other up you guys need to spend more time in la because (laughs) there are creatives everywhere out here and they're considered productive and you know they're making a lot a lot more money than i am i would love to move to la just i don't want any of that traffic i'd rather go to hell than (laughs) 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 yeah traffic uh yeah no i'm just kidding you you know you how you're talking about staring death in the face every day that's that's my morning commute (laughs) (laughs) i do have a a quick question actually Uh, um i don't know who you guys watch on Canadian TV up there. Um, but <laughs> uh, recently... There's um, only three channels to choose from. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, <laughs> it's a guy cooking bacon in a hut with a maple syrup. <laughs> the other channel Gary, is just like Gary? a fireplace, like 24-7. One <laughs> well, when you guys were talking about that whole thing about um, gaming and like nerd culture and like the psychology of you know people shaming it, I guess... Uh, there was this. Well, YouTube recently released their like their whole gaming game streaming. You know that. I mean, you guys yes, have YouTube heard of it, gaming. yeah. YouTube gaming, and it's basically like Twitch, basically. This talk show host, I can't remember his name. Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, he basically right, right. like ABC. shamed. He he like made fun of people who watch people play video games. He was like, he was talking about like. Why, it's so ridiculous. Why would you ever like? Why are you watching people play video games? Then the next, like the next episode, he was talking about how he got like death threats and stuff like that about this. And 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 first of all, okay, it's it's stupid. You shouldn't give death threats to people about anything they have to say. But it it just does. I mean, but it just goes to show like it, it's ridiculous that you can criticize gaming culture 
without even thinking about how ridiculous any other sort of uh, like like just sports like how is watching yes, someone play sure. video games any different from someone sitting on a couch watching people who get paid millions of dollars to <laughs> kick a ball around you know well I I would start by saying I would say the same ridiculous things about people who decide to watch Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, but, but no and i think the thing with that is is that it's an easy it's an easy it's an easy joke you know what i mean yeah, and then that's exactly. kind of that's kind of where the idea for the thing the, the marginalization and i mean that's it's always dangerous to throw around topics like that like you know if you were to say that gamers are marginalized you could pick 17 different groups of people off the top of your head who are more marginalized than gamers right and stuff yeah like that. And it's not, it's not always a, a competition, and it's not always a battle. So, you know, being introduced, and this is the nice thing, too. I like how, Bill, you said the Devil's Bench is more than just a board game cafe because there's so many other aspects and subcultures of nerd culture in general that we see walk through the doors every day. And when we first opened up, I saw a lot of people coming in with uh, cat ears on or tails coming out of their pants and stuff like that. And there is... a thriving furry community in Brantford. I, disclaimer, don't understand that. I don't get that. But I don't see what the point of sitting there and belittling someone on a grand scale accomplishes. You know what I mean? All that does is marginalize people and make people not enjoy what they do. Well, um, and to be a guy like you know Jimmy Kimmel, what is he supposed to represent? Or a talk show host, what are they supposed to re- represent? The everyday person, and they have this platform. And to sit there and like shit on gaming culture because it's easy to do, that just shows that it that uh, genre, that late night television, is such a dying breed, and they're not even aware of it yet. Because yeah. I bet you there's more people who watch the seventh most popular Twitch stream than watch all of your late night television talk show hosts, Fallon, Kimmel, everyone combined. <laughs> and perhaps uh, Jimmy Kimmel should consult with the corporations that own that show because i'm i'm pretty sure they're well aware that gaming has just exceeded every other media platform on the planet that that's my job my job is to track these shows and i i don't know how big is i mean pewdiepie i know pewdiepie is huge but how dare you (laughs) (laughs) Um, how dare you mention he who not be named (laughs) (laughs) Uh, how big is like the seventh biggest Twitch channel? Well, when you consider, um, I, I would suppose it would depend on how you measure what big is. Like, is that determined by how much money they make, how many people are watching? Like, to give you an idea, um, viewers, unique viewers at this at this latest ESL, which is a uh, an esports tournament league for Counter Strike Go. I could be misquoting. But I know they had uh, like tens of thousands of people in a stadium watching ten people play video oh, games. Wow. Oh, dude! Every Dota tournament and every League of Legends tournament is like that. Alongside like, that, it's insane. Millions yeah. watching online. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, it's easy to get to get bent out of shape and and get defensive about um, you know when when somebody makes a joke like that. I think. I don't know. I find that people. Uh, I don't know whether it's just a recent thing or whether I'm more aware of it, but I I'm a guy who just says a lot of jokes. I throw things out there as jokes, and I don't necessarily mean any of the things. You know what I mean? You're just taking a joke to get a laugh. So f- 
the problem is is that you know to pick we're picking on Jimmy Kimmel, but you know he's making an easy joke to make the people in his audience laugh. Whether he thinks it's actually truly ridiculous that people watch Twitch, I don't understand the, how people donate money to Twitch streams, man. Like my God, my brother-in-law <laughs> and I were talking about this. Curly, the guy, the man with the beard behind the uh, counter at the bench, he has the Twitch streams going, and we'll just sit there before we're ready to uh, record the benchcast, and he and I will just look at the screen and watch this unassuming dude just play some weird game you've never seen before, and it's like, <laughs> Robbie Huang just donated $75. Thanks, Robbie. Andrew okay, just donated well... 90 bucks, and I don't understand that at all, but I can't, I can't sit there and honestly belittle it, because... I don't understand it. Well, it's, you know, I think it's also, I mean, there's a lot of things I want to say about this, but just to go to that point, it's 13-year-old kids. I think that's where we're, the gap is from. We don't know who's doing it. It's 13-year-old kids. Like, they are the ones who are watching Twitch and YouTube. So if there's any 13-year-old kids out there, just remember thedevilsbench.com forward slash support. <laughs> <laughs> plug, 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 plug. Get your no, mom's credit just... card out. <laughs> <laughs> just in general... Talking about somebody else's hobby always stems from a place of not understanding it. For right? sure. It's just like you were saying about like the cat ears and stuff. It's like I certainly don't understand that. Like I don't <laughs> understand the appeal. I don't get it. But for me to say that that is bad or that it's stupid, it's like what do I know? I, no. I haven't done any of that stuff. And how ridiculous that we judge people's character based on the things that they enjoy doing. Well, like especially if it's – they're not doing it for you or me. They're doing it for themselves, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Feel better. Yeah, we don't get to have a comment on it. My wife's got a uh, an awesome metaphor for the the judging of other people and putting people down and stuff like that. And every once in a while, it it like pings in my head, and it just kind of like resets my perspective. She calls it dipping out of people's buckets. Oh, so I very, love this. Yeah. So very basically, you've got like your buckets full of water. And as people like trash you or they do things to you or they jostle your bucket around, it loses water. And the only way that you can get more water in your bucket is by waiting for it to rain or dipping into someone else's bucket, scooping some of their water out and adding it to your bucket. And the easiest way to do that is by insulting people and putting them down and saying, hey, you know what? The things that you're doing, they're not relevant. They're not worthwhile. Scoop and off it goes into your bucket. It makes you feel better. It makes them feel a whole lot worse. What's the point, man? Just wait for it to rain. <laughs> By the way, Robbie, this is we were talking about like microaggressions one time, and this is actually like really analogous to that. Like, I don't know, I like just the fact that a lot of little like belittling attitudes towards a certain group of people can make them feel like crap at the end of the day. You know? Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. It all builds up. Yeah, because no, I think you guys were onto something when you said that. If you're constantly told that your hobby is just for kids, that starts to eat at you eventually, and then you are ashamed of what you like doing. Like, it's only, like, in the past, like, couple of years that I finally was like, oh, wait a minute, I can play video games, and I can tell whoever I want about it, and they have no, whatever they think about it does not matter. It's only whether I enjoy it or not that matters. Like, the other day, somebody on, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Oh, so somebody on our Facebook feed, I think Andrew and Brian, you're probably friends with him too, but he was like, he posted the Halo 5 uh, opening cinematic and was like, I'm a kid at heart, blah, 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 I can't wait for to play this game. It's like, you don't need to preface that, man. Yeah, yeah. You can, be, you can be any age you want and be like, this is an amazing piece of entertainment that like, 
you don't even have to justify it, but if you want to justify it, it's made by like 400 people. There's incredible amounts of art and talent and work that goes into it. This is a piece of art. Like this is an actual piece of art that you get to experience. You don't need to say it's for kids. A couple episodes ago, I was talking about how I went to a wedding. I was an MC in a wedding. Those poor people chose me to be their MC. And <laughs> the, a lot of the people there, they, well, the two people getting married were English majors. And a lot of their friends were friends from school who just also happened to be in the English major program. And to listen to them talk about... Um, literature and Hemingway and names I don't recognize um, and the deep appreciation for the, the, the prose and their, their poetry, it was really interesting because the, the lay people, the people who I knew had no idea what the hell they were talking about were just nodding their heads and they're like yeah, you know, yeah you're right, they're like, it's very <laughs> profound, but if, if those same lay people sat around and listened to the three of us talk about how there's just something about the music in Final Fantasy VII. I know Bill's a huge fan of that game. Uh, how the music just fits every every scene that happens in Final Fantasy VII. Oh, man, I'm with you. I'm with Dude, you, man. Dude, the, co the composers, with the limited abilities that they had with the technology back then, the music that they put with the story they were telling in that game was bang on. And if I said that, they'd be like, what in the shit are you talking about? <laughs> there isn't that same appreciation. And I wouldn't, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't oh, say oh, that, man. you know, like, whoever did the music for Final Fantasy is on the same level as Hemingway is as a poet or as a writer. But I would. No, but, yeah, he is, man. Just that he is. <laughs> but, yeah, like, nope. it's, no, it's no less, it was no less impactful on my life mm. than that poem that someone read was impactful on their life. Doesn't, and... And I always say, too, like my catchphrase on the podcast is context always matters. So mm. if if I decided to rib you, like I tease Bill all the time because he likes old man food. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, that's, we joke about it all the time. And I love Bill. And he knows that I don't actually think that. Yeah, so if he, got, if he got really upset by that, I, it's Wait my job minute. to Wait know that. Time out, New York. What? Is old man food? Oh, okay. weird. No, no. Hold on a minute. Okay. <laughs> See it's what I not, mean? It's not. I just have. Okay. Uh. I have. I have taken the time to figure out what I like to eat, and I have no ambitions of being adventurous about that. Listen, every you're time, talking to the adventure archives people. Here. But like every time, okay. You know what? Somebody out there will agree with me. Every time you try something new, you get mud butt. That's just what it is. <laughs> and so, like, I'm sorry to bring, you know, it's just what it is. Yo, so, we gotta, oh, you ready for this epic segue? Me Sounds like potatoes. you need some more, like, probiotics in your diet, and I know a couple guys who can teach you all about it. Listen, just oh, like meat and potatoes, Cheerios, you know, just like... You, you do you. That's all I'm trying that. to say. Wait, so, so you have you have not gotten Bill on sauerkraut yet? Uh, no. Bill, or what that are your Yeah, yeah. I, kimchi, Bill. Would you eat kimchi? I can barely even say that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't oh, made kimchi man. in a while. I gotta do that. And, well, and you know, well, and and what a way to bring our style of podcasting to your guys' show. We're having this deep philosophical conversation, <laughs> and all of a sudden we're talking about mud butt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got the what's the that we got the sacred and the profane. Like we, we cover all. <laughs> when aspects. I found out that you guys were doing, when I started watching your vlogs, Robbie, when I found out that you guys had your own sour uh, sauerkraut company or they were starting one, I felt so betrayed that you hadn't told me about that sooner. <laughs> Personal. <laughs> oh my god, sauerkraut is my jam, son. 
<laughs> well, me too. Me too. Well, we we've put that on hold, but you know what? When we bring that back up, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna contact you, and we will integrate all of our skills, and we will we'll go international with it. You it's can, not just you'll, you'll be our Canadian be distributor. That's right. Here, you can use my Maple likeness flavor. with my razor sharp cheekbones on the packages of your sauerkraut. <laughs> It'll be adventure benchkraut. <laughs> <laughs> Adventure awesome. bench. Um, okay, before I forget, because this is perfectly related to what we've just been talking about, Wyatt, I want you to tell your story about that comedy show and biking, and you know what I'm talking about. Oh, tell geez. this story. This uh, is epic. Yeah, I, I didn't do a very good job of it uh, on the podcast when we were when it ended up going on uh, YouTube. Oh, no, don't be modest. That's no, just him being Canadian. That's all it is. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm sorry for, but I am sorry. I'm surprised we haven't had one Canadian apology fight yet. <laughs> no, no, I am sorry. I'm sorry. No, believe I, me, I'm sorry. Well, we started talking about um, just, I can't remember what was happening. There's something going on where uh, I think it was the idea of when marriage equality was was really starting to pick up steam and how there was a lot of people from the one side of the argument that were completely opposed to it and other people that were completely for it. And they all came from different walks of life, but they were all picking their sides. And then I'm seeing it again now that we're having an election. If you guys ever wanted a reason to put your head through a plate glass window, read the comment sections on any political post on Facebook or any oh, news man. site. Oh. But I will never I have do to that. do that every time I see Andrew post something. <laughs> and I just I started describing this thing to Bill and I, I, I wrote it out. I won't read I have it on my phone actually. I won't read the whole thing because it's kinda long. But the, the synopsis of it is just imagining that life was this improv comedy show. And it was like the greatest show ever and they gave out tickets for free. So everyone has tickets. Everyone's got a ticket. If you're alive, you got a ticket to the greatest improv comedy show ever. And the nature of improv comedy is that they want artist participation, uh, audience participation. So everyone's got this ticket. They're all heading down to the theater. Well, of course, everyone's getting to the theater in different ways. You've got people who are taking bikes, motorcycles, trains, planes, driving in cars, driving in vans, driving in trucks. Some people take the subway. Some people take the train above ground. And then everybody gets there. Everyone's got their tickets, and everyone's ready to watch the show. The artists come out to start the show, and all of a sudden, the motorcyclists are making fun of the people on e-bikes, and they start arguing. (laughs) And then the hybrid hybrid vehicle drivers are saying they don't want to be seated next to those who drove vans to the show because they're poisoning the environment. Or, you know, the show keeps going on, the show keeps going on, and then there's a guy who starts handing out flyers for his limo company and then there's a guy who used to drive a ford converted to driving a hyundai but all the hardcore ford fans are saying she's an apostate and they start setting her on fire in the in the theater (laughs) and it's it's just all these people all these different modes of transportation and it breaks down to all these different bits and they're fighting with each other and killing each other and all the while the show's still going on and at the end of the show the actors finish take a bow and leave and all these people are still fighting over such trivial things uh, like transportation, and it was how they got to the show. I related that back to life in general. The improv show that's happening is life, and you can participate in it if you're paying attention. But if you're sitting there fighting about how we got here and missing, you'll miss the entire show 
and you'll never, ever, ever get to see it again. And it sounds ridiculous, but that's exactly what people are doing with different religions or different political um, beliefs. And it, it should sound just as trivial that if you and I have a great conversation on an airplane and we find out that we love sauerkraut and we think that Final Fantasy VII is the best game ever and apple pie wings are absolutely delicious and we realize that we're brothers, we're brethren. And then right before we got off, we realized that we're both going to a hockey game. And we're going to see, in Canada, it's a big thing, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal (laughs) Canadiens. I find out that you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, you find out I'm a Leaf fan, and now we want to kill each other and our families. Doesn't that that sound ridiculous? Well, what if, instead of having rival fans of uh, hockey teams, we had opposing deities? So you and I have everything in the world in common and we think the world of each other and i find out that you pray to a different god and not only do i find that ridiculous i want to kill you and your family because of it that should be looked as just as trivial and ridiculous as the people who find out that their Habs fans are leaps and scene so true perfect bravo <laughs> now the real question is how do we force this on everybody else <laughs> with violence <laughs> yeah let's start like no, cutting that, people that is actually interesting though because like what if someone's ideology is specifically against that idea you know like i don't know it's like that's that's the, that's the whole problem. thing about like, humans and well, human nature is that it's just so whimsical you can't say i mean we could agree that between us you know five or six or whatever <laughs> thomas, <laughs> thomas is very quiet just... but you know yeah. among us six we could easily agree that you know this is how life needs to be lived but then if there's going to be people out there who disagree with you and that's just ha- human nature that's just humans and it, it'll never not be like that that that's is the thing uh, not until the revolution <laughs> well and i think that's something we need to accept too is that you know um we, we can't sit there and be like, well, I'm right, and I just have to assume that some of these... I just have to accept that some of the, all these wrong people aren't going to see the right way that I see. Mm-hmm. We do have to... I'm sure that there's six of us here. We're all f- having a good time chatting with each other. I'm sure at least two of us could find a topic that we could argue on and end our friendship on. I'm yeah. sure. Me I'm Thomas, sure. Me and Thomas have almost. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm sure there's something, you know? like, But... But that's the thing. You need to accept that there people are not always going to agree with you. And people are not... You are not 100% right, but that means that nobody else is too. If you can say that no one out there is 100% right, you have to count yourself inside that category. If you can, you know, you can make jokes and your context is, is that you don't mean it, you're just goofing around, then you have to have that same skill when you're the recipient of it as well. Yeah, I just yeah. think that... I don't know. There's just people that just have to win every battle and win every argument. And I don't have the patience to have that kind of arguments with people. It, it, I'm not giving up the water out of my bucket. You know what I mean? Like, I'll yeah. just go find something I enjoy doing. I'll go play some friggin' video games. That's what I'll do. <laughs> oh, no, it's like, you know, it's funny. Remember... You posted something about Kim Kardashian the other day on Facebook, and it's suddenly like I came up with this brilliant idea. I was like, oh, my God. What if every time where we want to criticize somebody or be like, oh, I hate this person, instead say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to spend 10 minutes working on something that actually Oh, that was genius. That was good. And, you know, it's like if we all just – I think that's the real key is like 
we're never going to be able to convince each other of anything, okay? But why don't we spend more of our time instead of trying to convince each other just doing something that we love doing? Like just as an example. There is <laughs> there like- is an immeasurable amount of love in this world. And that's something nobody wants to discuss openly because it's way easier to be pissed off. It's way easier to be a dick. It's easy to go through life angry. It's way more difficult to find love, to chase it. And even like as a man, that's a strange thing to come out and talk about in a room full of six other dudes. <laughs> but it, it well, is only because of societal norms, though. No, this is absolutely the type the of thing we should be talking about. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is the truth, though. And it it is much easier to, you know, spend our time concerned about whether or not Kanye is going to be president. Then it's, and I mean, that is something to be concerned about. Don't get me wrong. I, I agree. Hey, he already yeah, you guys are right is. above us. So, you know, if he's president, you, you're going to feel something. Well, something that guy's a loose <laughs> cannon. He'll just come up here and say, sorry about your health care or whatever he's going to do. I don't know. That guy's, that guy's a nut. But 2020, will I be 35? Yeah. You got a lot of time if, to if, move to Canada for then. If then. Kanye is running for president in 2020, I'm running for president. Wait, did he actually because say I, Trump? <laughs> Trump will win the re-election. I'd, I'd vote for Kanye over Trump. <laughs> I'm going to say that right now. I don't know if either of those guys know how to run a country. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. You? What He has the power to get elected. That is the scary part. Yeah. Like, he probably has the sheer numbers. Canada, I'm going to let you finish, but America is the number one country. <laughs> yeah. That, that is the winner right there. You just... You just broke all of our brains collectively right there. <laughs> that's, a, that's another South Park episode right there. <laughs> that is a very uh, South Park. Hey, can we just all agree while everyone in the world that's listening to this is listening to this, the South Park is the greatest show of all time? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't even think that's it's open for discussion. <laughs> Simpsons. I, I, must, I must disagree. This is where we start killing South- each other. <laughs> See, okay, I, I haven't sorry. seen The Simpsons since 1987. Like, I, I honestly haven't watched a Simpsons episode. Since half of the Simpsons episodes have been released. Okay, well, the let me caveat that by saying that seasons two through nine were was the greatest run of TV that's ever been, and okay. then after yep. nine is complete garbage. Okay, there you go. I can yeah. get down with that, <laughs> but I also can't make a proper judgment because I've only seen like two episodes of South Park. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Wow. <laughs> All right. Ryan, we, you, you and I used to watch that like religiously when we were really like South a long, Park. Long time ago, uh, we we used to watch South Park back when it was less about societal commentary and more about Stan throwing up when he <laughs> talked to Wendy. <laughs> um, but I I do I do like the way South I'm Park sure has I gone. Would love South Park. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, I really. remember some my, some of my favorite episodes were like the one about Cartman wanting to freeze himself. Uh, yeah, because he was waiting for the Wii to yeah. come out. And I love the Warcraft one. Um, oh just, yeah, <laughs> those are some of my favorites. But it's just—I mean, I like—I like—I like the show. But they've changed. You can see, definitely see that they've changed the direction since you know when they their first few seasons. They're definitely a show that talks about current events. And but I mean, they everything that they talk about on it is very true. Like, but they do it in a way where you can't. I mean, you can take it seriously, but at the same time, you see, you, it shows you just how ridiculous, you know, it is. And I think that's one of the great things about South Park is that they show you just, like, how 
trivial some of the things news talks about and Mm -hmm. media shows and just how dumb it is (laughs) it's incredible how fast of a turnaround they're able to do that because trey smith and matt stone they produced that episode in like a week yeah like seven days to air or something like that there's that yeah have you seen that documentary i want to see that but i've i've heard people reference it the the one thing those guys do too that i have an immense level of respect for and i try to emulate myself is that they call themselves on their bullshit you know what i mean like just like you were saying how the first couple episodes started, well, the first couple seasons were like, you know, fart jokes and poo jokes. And they were they were just basically <laughs> trying to see what they could get away with putting on TV. Mm-hmm. And then later on, they started saying stuff like, and they were making fun of some TV and TV show. And they were saying how like that show got so up their own ass and preachy and full of messages. Well, they were referencing themselves. Like they were very self-aware <laughs> and like they were poking fun at themselves. And I think... I don't know. I I love comedians who make fun of themselves, and I love people who are not self-deprecating to a point but of being brutally like, honest annoying. about themselves. Basically, like, yeah, they yeah. know their own fault. They know their own faults and stuff like that. And that's that's one thing that you know. I I feel like I'm comfortable with myself. That I know what all my faults are, and if I know them, then when people try and point them out to me, I'm like, yeah, I know. I I eat some weird food, <laughs> <laughs> and. Bill can make fun of me for my apple pie wings, but I know they're delicious. <laughs> I'm gonna. No, I'm gonna why, plug I think something. that's why Louis C.K. is so popular, is because he just makes fun of himself. But it's like he 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 in one of his interviews, he was like, "I'm talking about the asshole next to me, but in reality, I'm just talking about myself." <laughs> <laughs> if you guys haven't watched it, you should watch Rick and Morty. Oh yes, oh, yes. everybody's telling that me to show, watch that. It's it is so actually. Funny. I, it made me laugh out loud, and I don't I don't laugh out loud to TV shows very often because if it's a comedy or even a comedian, I appreciate the humor and I get that it's funny, but I only laugh out loud when something catches me off guard. Mm-hmm. And Rick and Morty had me just straight up laughing out loud, like like a kid laughing. Yeah. I was giggling, <laughs> like I had giggle shakes going on because it was just it was it's when he it's uh, when Rick goes to talk. And he he's burps while he's talking. <laughs> and he must have done it like 18 times in that second episode. But every time he did it, off down the rabbit hole yeah. of laughter I would go. Yeah, that show is just... Uh, I, I I always like compare all the different cartoons that I've watched in my life. Like uh, The Simpsons, or at least classic Simpsons. And Futurama, Family Guy, and recently Rick and Morty. And I won't say I... I dislike family guy but their style of humor is just so blunt and in your face like it's like they smack you in the face with it and say this is funny and you laugh at it now and rick and morty like they do similar they do it similarly like their their jokes are very straightforward and blunt but they do it in a way where you just can't help but be like that's that's clever that's funny and there are so sorry there are so many good things on adult swim now yeah yeah and I'm I'm surprised because who still has cable? Do you guys have cable? Or are you guys watching this? No, online? but oh. they release their new episodes for free online. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, okay. And you can watch some of their older ones in like too. ten years. Yeah. Statistically, of all the cable shows, Adult Swim is the only one that's been growing over the past five years. Wow. I believe that. Wow. Yeah. Same wow. here. I. But a lot of a lot of that has to do with they moved their time because they take over Cartoon Network, so they push back their time to start at eight p.m. rather than nine p.m. Mm-hmm. So if you've listened to our show, you know at the end of the show, we typically spring on people, and we did it to you guys, what your five favorite video games are. 
No uh, particular order, and you could change your answer anytime. I, I want to know what question. your five favorite breakfast cereals. Oh, are. oh my <laughs> god! This actually, it's oh, it's kind of we weird when I can say hours. that I'm more sure about my favorite breakfast cereals than I am about my about video games. I know, and right? <laughs> I just know we're gonna get such a varied list, and I'm very excited for this. <laughs> and oh and because because we're from like different countries. You guys have probably had shit we've never even heard of. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, man. We you got guys them, get all the we got best flavored American stuff. American O's. <laughs> I can tell you guys about the history of cereals, man. Like, Freedom like, do you guys remember when tricks used to be fruit shaped and then they changed it to yes. this little oh, thing? Yeah. 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 What a, what yeah. It was different and up. it was garbage. You know, they finally brought back toast shaped French toast crunch. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh did yeah. They? You know what? I have to say one of the grossest goddamn cereals I've ever ate in my entire life, other than maybe muesli, because, like, whatever the <laughs> hell that is, Good tastes old like... muesli. Oh, gross. But Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles, because oh, I, I don't literally know just wrote what those. texture that is, but eh. That's so that funny, back. because I literally wrote those two cereals down as my top two cereals. <laughs> oh, really? Like, I now, literally that's... just typed that into Notepad. Okay, no spoilers, no spoilers. Okay, we gotta... We gotta... <laughs> <laughs> no See, spoilers. I told you we all this have something so that's going to ruin our friendships. I didn't think it'd be Fruity Pebbles, but we all have something that'll ruin our friendship. Maybe, maybe that's how people should just open conversation with strangers and be like, what's your favorite cereal? <laughs> Everybody you know has I'm a favorite do? cereal. Nobody doesn't have a favorite cereal. <laughs> Tomorrow I'm going to ask two strangers what their favorite breakfast cereal is, and I'll report back to you with that. <laughs> I would like I to hear that. I will do the same. I will do the same. <laughs> Start with Robbie. You, Brian. Robbie. I know Robbie has a, a very strong opinion about cereal, so let's start with him. <laughs> no, I I only have my number one really firmly planted. There's too many others, so I can't I know which one it is. HBO, right? <laughs> so let me just spoil it. Number one cereal of all time, and it's kind of like Ocarina of Time. Like I can keep saying like, oh yeah, Halo is my favorite game, and then I'll be like, oh maybe Metal Gear, but it always comes back to Ocarina of Time. In the same way, Honey Bunches of Oats. <laughs> Is the staple cereal that every person needs to have in their I, I can get down with that. I wouldn't put that as my number one, but that has there's a room at my table for honey bunch of folks. I one time had a gallon of farmer's market grass fed unpasteurized milk and a box of honey bunches of oats. I ate that entire box and three quarters of that gallon of milk in a single day. Okay. I felt terrible, but that was the greatest day of my cereal-eating career. <laughs> In a world where corn pops exist, how can you go against that as your number one? Oh, corn, you know, Wait a minute. Corn pops, corn is, like pops is your number one? They'll shred the shit out of the top of your mouth. That's why I can't eat Captain Crunch. If you're not a man... I end up in the ICU by like one bowl. If you Captain want to talk Crunch. about shredding your mouth, have you guys had those Oreo? Oh yeah, those were. Like, that's like, oh my god, that's like Oreos eating shredded metal. That is a purely American thing. We no way would we have that in Canada. Well, it's gone it's now. Unfortunately, but... it's too fun for Canada. Yeah, like yeah. too many people would enjoy that, and then Celine Dion wouldn't be able to sell records anymore. There's not as much utility. Okay, well I can put my the rest of them. So. Golden Grams, Cinnamon yep. Toast Crunch, oh, Rice Krispies, and oh man, what's a, a good, another good one that I could put on there? Special K. I'm going to go for oh, the, the curveball. Special yeah. K. The homie. The homie. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, isn't Special K notoriously like known for not being sweet at all? No, it's but they're like, oh, it's a health food. That, it's a texture thing, man. 
It's, mm-hmm. Oh, that texture. Yes, the texture is perfect, and it's got sugar in it. Like, they try to say it's like a health food. Sugar is like the third ingredient. On it. Okay, this, that's funny because me, texturally, like, I like stuff that's, like, more softer and, and tender, you know? Like, tender. Which is why, that's why I like the word like tender. like the soggy cereals. Okay, when, when I eat HBO, Honey Bunches of Oats, when I, when I eat some of that, I like to mash it up into, like, smaller pieces. That's why I like Fruity Pebbles and You're Cocoa Pebbles. Doing that, I think, no, I no, think I that's it. why we have opposing views on the pebbles because of its texture. Yo, well, I, Marnie, mean, I can get down don't with Don't go Fruity stealing pebbles my pebbles. And... <laughs> 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 like, I kind of like having the, like, Cocoa Krispies. That tastes just like Cocoa Pebbles, but it's like it's nice to have that kind of no, soggy texture bro. every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no, puff rice. You're wrong. You're puff wrong. rice you know is not what? the same as pebbles. <laughs> you know what I equate uh, soggy cereal in your mouth to? Reaching into a sink that's been like you did the dishes an hour ago, but then you had to like walk away, and now the water's all greasy and cold. Oh. But and it's delicious, though. Except out. it's delicious. <laughs> it's like that in your mouth when you eat soggy cereal. Okay, Andrew. So what's your top five then? Okay, so fruity pebbles and cocoa pebbles are at the top, I think. Um, I just wrote a bunch down. Let me. (laughs) (laughs) All Uh, cereal. This requires (laughs) deep thought, guys. I'm glad somebody's organized. CTC has to be up there. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, of course. CTC. That's how the cool kids call it. It boils them all down to acronyms. I love it. (laughs) And then this this cereal is now defunct, but a long time ago, I ate it all the time at your house, Robbie, but Grape Nut O's. For some reason, I was enthralled with those. I don't like Grape Nut. That was the strangest thing But I like Grape Nut O's. Like, Grape Nuts are not that great, but. Grape nut O's? Yeah. Yes, they're grape like, oh. nut O's. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, some continue. other runner-ups. <laughs> well, there's, there's a cereal called Crave, which is like small. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah, it's like oh, a chocolate, the chocolate in the middle. like biscuit. But Trader Joe's, <laughs> yeah. like, Trader Joe's made a version of it that was even better. because really? like, Yeah, yeah, because Crave. try this. See, Crave, you have to eat it with milk, otherwise it tastes stale. But Trader Joe's, like. Even without milk, the chocolate inside was like all soft and. <laughs> Crave is one of those things where it's like, if you want to eat ninety-seven cookies all at the same time, <laughs> pour yourself a bowl of Crave. So, uh, I'm gonna mention s'more cereal just because I don't know if that exists anymore, but that was cool. It was like super. That's sweet. that's not a cereal. That's a treat for the campfire. <laughs> but that's not oh, a cereal. See, you're experiencing where I get my material from, Bill and his old man. <laughs> I'm also gonna mention apple. Jack's honeycomb golden crisp. He's gonna mention all of mine, just because those are like really addictive. Honeycomb, honeycomb. Mm. <laughs> okay, and then I'll I'll leave that one up there for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, uh, for if I had to go with the, the absolute favorite, I would say um, Reese's Puffs. Oh, you're my oh, best friend. Yeah, for yeah, breakfast? You do love some Reese's Puffs. <laughs> Reese's oh, Puffs. Oh man, I will eat a bowl of Reese's Puffs, and we will talk about philosophy. <laughs> so good, so good. And then just to n- list others in, in no particular order. Um, okay, did you say waffle crisp? No. Okay, waffle crisp. <laughs> what the fuck is waffle crisp? Wait, you I guys don't have waffle cereal. crisp? I haven't had no. that in a long time. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's wa- it's a syrup cereal. How can you not have it? Yeah, we're that- not we're not allowed to have delicious chip or cereal flavors. <laughs> but it's it's literally <laughs> like syrup flavored. That's your thing. <laughs> no. But it's your true. It's like says. syrup yeah, flavored cereal. How do cereal? you guys have maple syrup flavored cereal and we produce that shit? And we don't even have it. <laughs> I'm, I'm at a loss how America doesn't have poutine or poutine yet or whatever the hell it's called. I hope Trump becomes president. <laughs> he will globalize the shit out of all your secret flavor. <laughs> um, let's see. Any other, and my other favorite cereals, uh, I do love Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Um, 
Honey Bunch's votes is definitely up there. Uh, and then... <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes, wait, wait, time out. We got to do a quick question about Honey Bunch. Do you guys even know what, like, you know what Honey Bunch's votes are, is, right? No. No? Oh, you don't know that? Whoa. It never is had the it. number okay. one cereal in North America. Or not North America, in the U.S. Yeah. yeah. See, that's what happens to you Americans. You just automatically lump us poor Canadians <laughs> in with you. <laughs> in North America, it's the best. By, by the way... Uh, just no. I'm not saying it's the best. I'm saying it's the number one most selling in the U.S. Like I it's gotta, crazy. I don't. I gotta give a shout out to Just Bunches. You know how when you eat um Just Bunches, uh, uh, Lucky Charms. <laughs> you know how when you eat Lucky Charms, you're like, how come it's not just the marshmallows? Just Bunches oh. takes Honey Bunches votes and removes Lucky all the. Charms. It removes it's all the like granola, Andrew. You can buy bags of granola. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is granola. <laughs> I can't That's eat Lucky great. Charms. That stuff hurts my teeth. It's like I'm getting punched in the mouth by little pieces of metal. I can't. Ugh. Oh, you know, it's like hearing nails on a chalkboard. Just thinking about it is giving me the shivers. <laughs> I must have much lower standards because every cereal I've heard so far sounds great to me. <laughs> uh, my last cereal, okay, my last cereal, I would have to say now. Now I love, I love some corn pops. That's some good stuff. I and I used to eat that all the time when I was like in grade school for like breakfast. We used to eat at my house a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah, we that? did. But I have to say that I really enjoy a bowl of fruit Fruit Loops every so often. Classic. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Fruit Loops, Fruit Loops. Yeah. Classic. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> wherever it goes. <laughs> These corporate slogans oh. are so catchy. <laughs> I have a two-year-old living with me. I, I say it like he's living with me, like he's paying rent. He's my son. <laughs> That's a sitcom. It's like it's like natural to have Fruit Loops in here at all times. He loves them. So every time I give him like a little bowl or whatever, I'm like, hey, come here for a minute. It's just poison control. I just got to make sure they're fine. That's my job here. Fruit Loops is the cereal that I eat when I go to a hotel, and they have those little boxes of cereal. Oh, and I all they have are Rice Krispies and Special K, and then they've got flakes. and Fruit Loops. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just take these Fruit Loops and just like. like now I have a very dangerous question here. This is how I will determine whether or not you are human or not. When you have those little tiny boxes of cereal, we all know what we're talking about. Oh yeah. Are you the jerk who opens the top and pours them into a bowl? Yeah, or do obviously. you crack open that cardboard, peel it back, tear open the bag, and eat it out of the bag like you're supposed to? I no, eat it that's out of the bag or I just pour it directly oh, in my mouth. Oh, Bill, that's why the perforations are in the cardboard. <laughs> no, you put it in a Wait, bowl. Are you saying that you like pour the milk person. into the bag, though, or you just eat it dry? No, it's, you pour your milk into the bag. That's how you eat it when you're out at the campfire, No, I, I've seen that, but I, I've, I don't think I've ever done it in my life. <laughs> I've oh. never even thought of that. That's brilliant. That's like the skydiving of cereal eating right there. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do as a grown 30-year-old man? I am going to go buy a full-size adult box of cereal and just get a chef's knife and just cut that open. I'm doing that. I'm bringing it to the bench the next time we record the podcast and doing that without any it. pretext. Every, I, every five I, seconds, oh, I, I want to see that. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, so what are your top five cereals then? <laughs> Just Googling cereal. <laughs> Bill, 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 you have at it. My top five, very simply. Number one of all time, Honey Nut Cheerios. That's Next up, yeah. oh, Frosted Flakes, mm-hmm. Corn Pops, mm-hmm. Corn Flakes, mm-hmm. and... Uh-huh. <laughs> Probably special K or Rice Krispie, something ordinary, a little plain. Man, you, you know what? Like not even cereal. plain. 
Just something predictable. You're not going to get any surprises. <laughs> you guys remember Frosty Curios? You might get a CD yeah. containing yeah. Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, but that's about <laughs> it. Yeah, Bill's like, um, who the hell's putting all these toys in my cereal? You know, you know what toy they should put in, like, Special K is, like, uh, like antivirus software or something. Like, I feel like that's something that would go with Special K. Like, <laughs> well, like AOL 2.0 or yeah. The practical cereal. A coaster. And, like, well, put a I understand coaster. that when nobody say Raisin Bran. Oh, see, that is my number one favorite cereal of oh, all time. That's are you, mine, too. Are you talking about Raisin Bran or Raisin Bran Crunch? Because there's a difference, as we learned from <laughs> Raisin Bran Crunch is mine. Oh, see, we don't get the crunch here. Like, oh, man, the crunch. Again, we're not allowed to have any any cereals that will like inspire creativity and joy. <laughs> <laughs> we're basically, as far as cereals and chip flavors go in Canada, we're a straight-up industrialized communist nation. <laughs> what if they had... Prune That's brand. why Bill loves it so much. Bill's like, can I have um, just just the box that the cereal comes in, just rip it up into little flakes and pour some milk on that, I'm good to go. <laughs> no, as a rule, I think raisins are absolutely disgusting, awful waste of a grape. But there's just some type of weird synergy there when you have those, those giant-ass raisins with that birdseed-tasting Brand, raisin brand, and the two of them just come together into like just this joyous occasion at my breakfast table. That's more than two you know, scoops I, of raisins. It's <laughs> <laughs> an inside joke. I told this story on uh, our podcast when we were talking about our favorite cereals. When I was in college, with all of my expendable time and income, uh, the grocery store near my college had a sale on corn pops for a dollar per box. So naturally, I bought like, oh, I don't know, 30, 40 boxes. And um, I challenged myself to eat them in a month. It was uh, this guy on the floor. Was, I don't you challenged yourself or you just said, I'm going to do this? No, 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 no. There's, there's context here. Uh, the, the guy on a floor below me also did it. And we wanted to see who could finish their boxes first in the period of a month. So it's basically like corn pops for all your meals. But before I did that, we created this like temple. And uh, back in the days of like MSN Messenger and whatever, my profile picture forever was me wearing like a muumu or something in front of this temple meditating under like the ziggurat of corn pops. I remember that picture, but I didn't realize it was porn porn cops. That sounds like my favorite cereal right there. So who wants to make that movie? Uh, I didn't realize it was corn pops boxes in behind you. How the hell did I do that? My goodness. We're going to need that image for the thumbnail for this episode, so um, go ahead and find that for me. Go Go ahead and find your college laptop. (laughs) <laughs> there's probably lots of porn cops on that uh on that hey laptop. whoa never i am a stand-up citizen of the canadian north we don't get down with that okay <laughs> thomas i gotta ask uh do you like raisin bran because the box is purple <laughs> <laughs> um my favorite color is easily purple uh no i, I like know. it just because it's yeah they don't know they don't know um i don't know it's just works it's crunchy and soft and sweet and hard. i hate sand it's rough and it's coarse and it gets everywhere well from from my point of view all the other cereals are evil okay why we need to know what your top five cereals are well i gotta say i i, I already blew it but uh raisin brand's number one okay Reese's. 
the Reese's Pieces cereal, that's right up there too. Yeah. And I got to I got to get down with um okay, the, I, the, we can't get this anymore and I'm sure you guys have it. You're going to just despite me all go buy some tomorrow. <laughs> but the legit honest not the rip off but the real cocoa crispy. Like the like oh, the, like L's, the right? actual like rice crispies brand. Cocoa yeah, it was it wasn't rice crispies like chocolate cuz they tried to like pull the wool over our eyes and it was bullshit. But the real honest to goodness co- cocoa crispies, but I don't think they make them anymore. But mm, that really? was awesome. I thought they and did. Then oh man, cocoa crispies are so Golden right. Grams for sure. I remember one time I was getting ready for my job. It was like my first day on my job, and of course I slept in. So I'm going to get some cereal to have some breakfast before my cab arrives to take me to work, and I don't have any milk. And I've got a bowl of Golden Grams and just a salivating mouth, and I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? So I looked at the tap, couldn't put water on those suckers. Looked in the fridge, (laughs) big old jar of orange juice. So I did Golden Grams and orange juice. See, that's what's wrong with you. That's what's wrong with you right there. That's not food. That's not food. It's like you can you can you can just start mixing ingredients together and eat it. But sooner or later it's going to kill you. That's how came up with tartar sauce, man. Do you put tartar sauce on your fish? Ask Andrew. Homeboy goes out into the forest and finds mushrooms to eat. Son, that's going to kill you one day. You can't do that. You can go to the grocery store and just get regular mushrooms, which no, you shouldn't no, eat anyway because they're grown in poop. Well, no, they're good, but they're not as exciting. <laughs> it's, all, it's not the experience of finding them, too. Like. And that was the same exhilarating rush I felt when I put orange juice on my gold. I was like, man, this is unorthodox. Am Wait. I the only person who grew up thinking that Golden Grams are what, like, rich families ate? Or is that why I still eat, like, Rice Krispies I always and thought stuff? that Lucky Charms was what other lucky kids got to eat because, there, because I, I would always if, have them when I went to friends' houses. They'd be like, oh, yeah, we have Lucky Charms. They'd be like, give me some of that Lucky Charms. Our parents yeah. always had, like, really healthy stuff. I know, right? Like, you're going through the grocery store. You're like, can I please get Golden Grams? No. <laughs> Off-brand cornflakes. When I was coming up, we didn't, like, we were broke, right? But So my parents tried to hide it from us. So we wouldn't get, like, Fruit Loops. We would get, like, Fruity Loops. Oh, yeah. Like, F-R-O-O-T-Y. And <laughs> or, they didn't... or you'd get, like, Marshmallow Mateys instead of Lucky Charms. <laughs> yeah, and they wouldn't come in, they didn't even come in boxes. It was just like this, just the clear plastic. And it was just, like, in three-pound industrial <laughs> yeah, bags. Man. Oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. I remember that. But, you know what doesn't what exist anymore? <laughs> Cheap cereal doesn't exist anymore, man. You walk into the grocery store and you're like, oh, I'm going to get a box of uh, Frosted Flakes because I feel like reliving my childhood and this it's weekend. It's like $4.99. <laughs> it's like $17 and you might get a bowl and a half of it. That's in Canadian dollars. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that Canadian right. dollar. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to look out for that. Cause if, I, if you came here, though, it'd be like 17 cents for you guys. You guys need to come here and buy me cereal. Wait, so is this the portion of the podcast where we start talking about conspiracies and how uh, cereal is one big ploy to rip people off because it's basically just selling them cardboard in marketing? Wait, it isn't? It's made out of old Chinese newspapers. <laughs> Yo, hold on. Time oh. out. Have, have you guys seen those like BuzzFeed things where like people put ice in their cereal? No, because I go on good websites. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I get inundated with it on Facebook. But... Bill, Bill why don't you tell us 27 websites you actually should be going You won't believe the second. 
<laughs> I, I did see that video. You know what I love? I hate BuzzFeed, but the thing I love about BuzzFeed is all of their taste test videos. Oh, you like, know, we were trying to do one of those, actually. Oh, man, food. like, we did one for the, the chips. You remember when Lay's makes their, like... Their um, user-submitted chips? Oh, sour cream and potato... Biscuits and gravy. Wasabi <laughs> ginger, man. Wasabi ginger is my jam. Yeah, we didn't get any of those. And we had a guy, I don't know if you guys ever um, go on cracked.com. But we yes. had a. Yeah, yeah we had college. A, uh, Adam Todd Brown. He's one of the contributors and the editors there. We had him on our, ep- our episode about marijuana legalization. So, of course, we had to talk about munchies. And we were talking about the chip flavors that you guys get versus the chip flavors that we get. And it's. It's just depressing. Like, we have ketchup and all dressed, thank God. But, like, you guys have amazing flavors. Like, when I Wait, look. Ketchup and all dressed? What was that? Okay. Well, we... Son, have you I've ever had... eaten all dressed chips? I don't. I've never heard of those yeah, I've never words heard put that together in a sentence before. Okay. okay. Here's oh what I propose, God. guys. Here's what I propose. It's kind of like. Put it down on him, gift. son. It's like the Reddit <laughs> gift exchange, but here's what we're going to do. Cultural exchange. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> the cultural <laughs> exchange, yeah. We're. We're gonna get we're gonna get some bags of chips that are flavors that we know you don't have in the state. We're gonna get some chocolate bars and stuff that we know you don't have in the state. And then we'll get some cereal that we know you don't have. And we'll ship a care package down to you. And then we'll have to ship like little individual single serving ones uh, to Thomas in California. So then that way he doesn't get left out. But then- no, that's fine. You can leave me out. <laughs> You'll have to send up all these amazing flavors and stuff we're missing out on. Yo, do they you know what? Truth be told, we don't want them here. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a permanent flavor now. Wasabi chips. Are we didn't. One what, of the, the Lay's ones? Ever. Yeah, the Lay's yeah. wasabi ginger. Nah, man, we're missing out on. That. I get wasabi peanuts though. Oh, like, yeah. Wasabi, yeah, wasabi anything. Well, we get wasabi peas. I, I don't know if I had peanuts. The peas are all right. Again, it's a texture thing, man. They're you just, guys like, are making me tea. really hungry, man. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm super hungry. I hate to do this, but I have to head out. You guys keep keep talking, but Alex. And uh, Mark, a bit Mark, not Mark. Bill. No, that's fine. Yeah, that's I'm fine. Sorry. I'm the forgettable one. I'm I get sorry. it. Neither of those are their names. <laughs> Whatever. You're... Yeah, that's fine. Thomas from California, who I remember everything you said. <laughs> that's fine. Whose favorite cereal is Raisin Bran? <laughs> oh, jeez. It's, it's been great Bill talking to you guys. Wyatt. I really hope to talk to you again, but I got to get going. Um, and uh, see you guys later. Go eat some All Raisin right. Bran. Make me proud, bro. <laughs> Will do. Bye, Mark. <laughs> yeah, see you, John. <laughs> you, guys, you guys don't listen to the giant bombcast, do you? Every once in no. a while. It's like one time this reader wrote in, and he there's a dude named Jeff on the show, and he was like, So when Brett was playing Final Fantasy or whatever, and then they were talking about Jeff, and then Jeff, he was just like, Brett here. Um, so when I was playing that game, like he didn't miss a beat, and he was just like, Ever since then, he calls himself Brett every now and then. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> okay, you know, I got Truth I got be told, something. we're already working on... Um, I think I was telling you, Robbie, that uh, I do have a little bit of material put together already of uh, some DB-specific stuff. Who did you say was the magic player among you? Brian. Brian. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's going to be definitely more of interest to you than it will be to the, to the other members of Adventure Archive, but... Uh, I think we'll add some chip flavors, especially all dressed. I mean, what is wrong with you? Oh, it is the <laughs> best chip flavor. You guys are going to What is it? it? I don't know. It's like, like what? have you ever had swamp water for like pop? Once again, never heard that word ever. <laughs> it's like, it's like, have you ever had 
Ungulo. It's when it's <laughs> it's when you mix all the pop flavors together in one cup. You ever oh, done that? Oh, we suicide. call that the suicide yeah, drink. So I haven't had that. In a it's like time. that for chip flavors, right? It's all the different chip flavors mixed together. So we'll send you some all dressed, but I got like some uh, like a whole gang of magic cards, a brand new deck, some like t-shirt stickers, all that kind of stuff. We're gonna send up to you guys, but we'll. We'll uh, we'll mix it with some like chips and bacon and like an axe and like you know. We're gonna get like a crate, like a full It'll on get the like customs and they'll be like, "What in God's name?" Is I was actually gonna send you uh, one thing that you get when you um, basically like when you're born in Canada, or, like when you become a Canadian citizen, <laughs> is um, you just get a sheet of in very small print. I'm sorry, over and over and over again. <laughs> and you have to cut them out as like singular ones. And then that's how like we exchange to each other, right? You're <laughs> like, hi, my name is Bill. Currency. I'm sorry for any transgressions I might have made against you or your family. And they're like, hey, yeah, my name's Doug. Sorry about that, eh? So you guys will basically be honorary Canadians with all dressed chips and a sheet full of apologies. Oh, man. Uh, I can't exciting. wait. We got to talk about bacon one of these days and how Canadian bacon... Like, is it ham or is it not ham? <laughs> okay, no, let's let's okay. do that right yeah, now. We need let's, to clear that Let's up. learn all the questions or all the answers to all the yeah. questions we've had about We're real-life Canadians. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, the thing is that what, what you guys call Canadian bacon, we, of course, don't call Canadian bacon, but we call it pea meal bacon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's basically, well, of course, ham, bacon, pork, everything calls, comes with eggs. But it's sure it's some magical stuff. animal. <laughs> it would <laughs> right, Lisa. Some magical animal. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it's closer to bacon than ham, like based like on ham, where right? it comes from. Oh. But it's cut like ham. It's thick, and then they roll it in cornmeal. Oh, that sounds oh. really good. <laughs> That's so it's thicker and meatier than bacon because the you know what? Like I don't get it's because of Epic Meal Time that everyone and that just shows how people are out of touch with the internet because Epic Mealtime was doing all that bacon stuff and then it blew up pretty quick. And then like five years later, you could just buy random shit in stores that had bacon like related to bacon. It's just because it it took so long for the corporate mindset to catch up with the young kids on the internet. (laughs) America's always been... Bacon isn't a little bacon crazy. Bacon isn't that great, you know what I mean? Like, whoa, it's, whoa, 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 whoa! Nope. No, yeah. I, I, no, it's as, not. As that the great. second Canadian on this podcast, nope. I do great. not agree with that statement. Wait, are we talking about uh, Canadian bacon or freedom bacon? Freedom bacon. <laughs> freedom bacon is not what it's cracked out to be. Canadian bacon is though. I prefer mm. Canadian bacon. So, so if, if I'm in Canada, do I order bacon? And I get Canadian bacon. You order pea meal. Pea meal. I just want you to know, though, I'm going to call it freedom bacon from now on. (laughs) No, our bacon, I just realized, is literally red and white stripes. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Um, But, okay, my question is, is what we call Canadian bacon actually pea meal bacon, or is it just ham, and then we call it It's just ham. (laughs) As far as I I know, it's just ham. I don't know. I've never had Canadian bacon in the States. I just had what I I know the close approximation of it is here. Well, see, that might be the problem is because our parents are Chinese, 
And I don't think they know what Canadian bacon is, so they just fed us ham. It's like, oh, yeah, it's Canadian bacon. <laughs> I, no, My no, parents have never do. uttered the words Canadian bacon no, in yeah. their life. <laughs> have you never gotten it on, like, on pizza with like pineapple? They just put things No, of that's ham on just it. ham. That's just yeah, ham. But they that's call what I'm it saying. Yeah. But people call it Canadian bacon. Oh, misappropriating our culture! Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, we got to go to Markham, Ontario, and go to a Chinese restaurant and get some Chinese bacon. Brother, okay. Dude, the, yeah. I will take you for a tour in Markham. <laughs> we are going to get, like, God's honest Chinese food. Oh, yeah. Like, because I'm, okay, so my big thing that I love that Brantford does is the Brantford Village. And then so it's like, um, they had, they had like, the Chinese Village is the first one we went to. And they had legit, like, performances. They were playing, like, the Yu Chin and the, the Arhu and, like, oh, had dances awesome. and everything mm-hmm. like that. And then I'm like... I'm going to get me some sweet-ass Chinese. And then you go up to the food, and it's just friggin' chicken balls, breaded shrimp, and, like, egg rolls. And don't get me wrong, like, that's good. I love that stuff. But I wanted, like, the... Okay, wait, wait, hold on. Before you say anything else, I have to say that egg rolls are amazing, but only if you have real egg rolls. Our mom's egg rolls are the best egg rolls in the world. (laughs) Like, the, the egg rolls that you get from typical Chinese restaurants, those little, like... Like deep fried, fried, deep fried, yeah, <laughs> the bready doughy stuff with like almost nothing in it. Those are, well, you know they, what? Yeah, on behalf like they're, they're of uh, the other Canadian on this podcast, I accept the invitation to eat your mom's egg yeah. rolls. <laughs> yeah, I accept too. that invitation. That'd be awesome. I, I, I will. I want I will that eat in them. our care package. <laughs> they are, yeah, they're really good. <laughs> Seriously though, there's some Man, spots so in hungry. Markham. There's some spots yeah. in Markham that. Uh, I was taken to a restaurant uh, by, here's a just quick context. I'm an IT guy by day. So I was taken to a... Uh, Maybe you can get me a job. <laughs> believe me, you don't, you don't want to work in IT. If you, don't, if you don't currently work in IT, get I, a different I'm pretty dream. much in IT. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was taken to a restaurant by our distributors um, in Markham. That uh, you have to you have to speak like Mandarin or something to order. They do not speak English in there, oh, and so when we went in there, these guys are like ordering whatever the heck they're ordering, and I'm just trusting that I'm not going to be brought something. You know, like we've already discussed ad nauseum Your here. Old man preferences. My food preferences. So I was like, listen, can I get some potato dumplings in this bitch? Or like just some like just some like regular how about some chicken fried rice? That's where we'll start. They're like for Bill, just just get him some hot rice and pour some lukewarm water over top we'll, of it. We'll go to like Sam's Kanji feel- Delight and or or like oh, Kong Kong or We'll get you some stuff and not tell you what it is, and then yeah, yeah. That's I feel like a lot too. of people just don't tell me eat. what it is. Yeah, that's yeah. what I like, man. A lot of people who say they eat Chinese food need to have this real awakening to what Chinese <laughs> food is. They're like, Agreed. oh yeah, I've had Chinese food. It's like, no, no, you haven't. So you haven't. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you what may potentially be like the most awful question in the world. But can you guys read Chinese writing? Uh, understand really. <laughs> Very what poorly. the labels on shit at the chinese grocery store are no, no. i i, I <laughs> damn it. i can i can't like none of us can really read it no but you know that's what i love about i, know, Markham, I can though. i can more or less read it i just couldn't read it but like, no I can like understand a lot oh of the yeah because you do japanese right? <laughs> yeah yeah because I, I know a lot of japanese so i understand a lot of the meanings i just wouldn't be able to tell you how to say it but, oh, yeah. but okay. if you picked up this can 
with a picture of some nondescript looking vegetables and kind of like marine life on it would you know because there is a pretty badass um like i think it switches hands from vietnamese and thai um groceries and like chinese grocery store where you can get like legit ingredients i just don't know what any of them are and i every now and then i try to be brave and buy something I bring it home and I have no idea what the hell it is. We, I mean, we might be able to tell you what it is just based on just looking at it. Yeah, yeah it might be something we're actually yeah. familiar but with. You know what's great about Mark? Like most places in Markham, is they give you the menu, and it's like a lot of times it's both in English and Mandarin. You don't have to interact with the server, which I mean, maybe that's bad because it's like promoting whatever. But all you got to do is like <laughs> all you got to do is like put a check mark next to the one you want, and like I love that so much. Like you just it's no like uh, rush hour too. He's like. He's like, what did he say? He was said he goes to the cab driver, and he's like, yes, yes, I understand. <laughs> you know, now that you mention that, at that restaurant that I was at in Markham, a, uh, I guess maybe it's a perspective thing, but they were coming around. It was a dim sum place, and uh, so they come around, and they basically have like trays of dim sum, and you just ask them for what they've got. It's not so much like, yeah, yeah, you know, an thing. ordering thing. But yeah. what I couldn't get over is. Um, one of the ladies was walking by, and I asked, uh, you know, hey, can I get some more of that? And these guys were like, no, 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 you don't do that. You just tap the table, and they bring it to you. Don't talk to them. Huh. Hmm. And I was like, interesting. Wow. That's I, incredibly I awkward. <laughs> can I just say thank you? <laughs> I don't know. That's, I don't know that, if it's just it that just restaurant. Be, I think it might just be differences between certain, like, restaurant ownership. Because yeah. I don't think – I've never – when I had dim sum, it wasn't like that. Like, you would be like, oh, I want that. And you'd, like, point it to so things. It was so awkward. Yeah. Speaking of which, have you guys had Chinese chicken fingers? Do they um, come on little wooden sticks? Let, let's let's pause real quick, guys. Let's end the podcast and then let's just keep talking because this okay. is already an hour and forty four minutes. And if anybody stayed this long to listen, then they're <laughs> they get a care package too. They're right. our biggest fans. Well, on the next episode, we discuss what is scientifically the correct amount of milk to put in cereal. <laughs> All of it. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, the, let's go through Twitters and all that stuff. So you can find Adventure Archives at any social media. Just look it up on Google. It's really easy. And uh, Devil's Bench, where can we find you guys at? You can find us at thedevilsbench.com. That's where we keep everything. You want to look us out on social media? It's basically plug your favorite social media website that matters because we're not on MySpace. Come, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> forward slash Devil's Bench. It's forward slash Devil's Bench everywhere. I'm Prol again at pr 0 L3 on Twitter. I am uh, Safety Ninja at Safety underscore Ninja because some jackass beat me to the punch. And <laughs> I'm still disappointed of that. Um, and yeah, that's where you'll find all of my pearls. Awesome. Okay, make sure you guys check them out, donate to their Patreon page, and thank you for listening.